go. And late but never entirely gone, we are back with another episode of the Silicon Vets Gaming Podcast. My name is Trevor. I am joined as hey. always by... Hi, Kenny. Good to see everyone again. Sorry. Yes. It's only been, what, two months? Whoops. You know. Something like that. But in our defense, lots of lots has happened. Um, so, uh, and I'm not going to dox myself, but I will say that I finished school and I have a big boy job again. So, yay. Um, this will be, uh, it'll be interesting. Hopefully now I have more of a schedule, uh, more of a, a organized schedule and we can start making these uh, episodes a little bit more frequent. But, um, but yeah, let's get I'll right into it. me, big boy job does not mean your schedule clears up, but we're going to keep working on it. I, I, don't, don't, don't burst my bubble, man. Don't, don't, don't okay. crush, don't crush my dreams. Don't step on my dreams. Um, I'm all very happy for you, though. What's it called? Yes, thank you. Um, but, uh, and yeah, again, I don't want to dox myself, but I, and, but I will be working in simulation and VR programming uh, for, uh, this time around for non-gaming purposes, but it's all using it's using a lot of gaming tools, which is cool. But uh, we'll we'll just kind of see where it goes. It's fun. I, I'm happy to I'm I'm just happy to have graduated from you know software engineering student to software engineer. This is this is cool. Um, but this, today's episode is going to be a little bit uh, all over the place because a lot has happened in the last couple months, and I feel like we are overdue to uh catch up so let's get right into it first and foremost halo halo is back yes it is and hell yes it, it is back hey so halo infinite's multiplayer technically they're calling it a beta but it is the full multiplayer um launched about three weeks early actually uh they decided to launch the Halo Infinite multiplayer on, I guess, November 15th for the 20th anniversary of Xbox and the 20th anniversary of Halo. They said, what better way to celebrate 20 years of Halo by launching the new multiplayer of the new new Halo game? And uh, it is free to play. So if anyone, if you are, if you somehow have never played Halo before, like, first off, shame on you. And secondly, um... But be uh, go download it and give it a shot. Although be warned, it is <laughs> it is a sweaty, sweaty multiplayer shooter. Um, but yeah, it's free to play on Xbox and Steam and uh, Windows. So like, if you want to use the Windows Store, or if you want to use Steam, or if you want to play it on Xbox, it's out. It's free. Go download it. It's awesome. Yeah, and the Halo universe itself isn't that bad. I probably sent people toward you know the actual original Halo Combat Evolved. That game still which totally holds up as far as I'm concerned. And I think the Master Chief Collection, you're, you can get that piecemeal off Steam, right? So it wouldn't even be that expensive to get into. Uh, again, though, if you haven't, if you don't know what we're talking about, you're probably not listening to this podcast. So I don't think I need to give a lot of advice on that. But it is interesting that some of the, the players who were absolutely murdering me last night, I may have been playing Halo Combat Evolved before they were born, and I, I don't really like that. Yeah, well, I mean, we just got old. Like, I've definitely noticed that I can't hang in first-person shooters the way I used to. Um, like, I peaked around 2007, 2008, and now it's just like, get off my lawn, old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, old man yells at cra- uh, old man yells at cloud with a battle rifle. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, so, I, what is what? What are your thoughts on this? Because I'll, I'll be honest, uh, Halo Five. I know you played that a lot. 
I got Halo Five. I got the Xbox bundle with it. Um, what what did I play Halo Five like all of the multiplayer? Maybe a month, month and a half or so. Not seriously. Still haven't even played the campaign for it. Um, I, I was a big fan of Halo, and the the Halo Three, Halo Reach days are probably you know the most Haloing I did. Reach is the one game that I absolutely dove into, did the grind, all that. Totally got my money's worth. You know, and I've played. I think Halo Two is probably the only one that I've I haven't played much, but the rest of them, I've, you know, they've they've all been pretty good games. But uh, Halo Five didn't grab me, and I, I just kind of have been watching from the, the sidelines this uh, this entire IP. Yeah. So, what are you thinking of, of Halo Infinite? That that is going to be a real game. They're just releasing the multiplayer right now, but we're seeing a true, legit Halo right yes. now coming out, right? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay, so. Um, my history with Halo, Halo sold me an Xbox. So mm. I have had an Xbox for 20 years. Like I've had an Xbox Live account and an Xbox account for over 20 years now. And it is the result of Halo Combat Evolved. Because Halo Combat Evolved, playing split screen Halo Combat Evolved, sold me on the franchise, the tech, everything. So like when they talk about like, uh, what's it called? Uh you know, games that sell hardware, games that sell console, mm-hmm. like Halo was it for me. So I've played, yeah. I played Combat Evolve, I played Halo 2. Um, I never got to play Halo 2 on Xbox Live, but I did play Halo 2 thousands of hours of split screen. Um, and then Halo 3 was the first one I got to play on Xbox Live, and man, what an experience that was. And then obviously Reach, and then eventually uh, Halo 4, which had issues but i will still defend halo 4 as being a better game than most people give it credit for um it definitely had some design issues that i wish they had patched like out like completely because i think it would have fixed it would have improved the game substantially but i still think it was a really good effort um and then there's halo 5 and oh man um i mean 5 was fun it it did the the gaming I didn't dislike most of the controls. I just, I guess the grind itself didn't grab me. And that, the, the, the rec packs, my God, we can talk about the rec packs. The thing, the thing about Halo, Halo 5, okay, so the arena mode of Halo 5, sort of the 4v4 sweaty Team Slayer mode of Halo 5 was actually, in my opinion, really good. Um, it was pretty well balanced. The pistol was maybe a tiny bit overpowered, but it felt good. It's um, not Halo if the pistol's not OP. Yeah, but we can. Well, we, that, that's an that's a, that's a debate for another day. But the Halo Five pistol felt really good. The arena, it's the arena tuning itself felt really good, almost too good. Like I think the big issue with Halo Five is it was tuned so like they tuned Mirror it. Shame. They tuned it so well for competitive play that it sucked the fun out of the game, if that makes sense. Because a certain amount of the fun in Halo is the crazy shit that happens in the sandbox. Like the 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 like the stuff like um uh, just the, the crazy things that you see in the sandbox where like a warthog is barreling down on you and you, at the last minute, you throw that plasma grenade and it sticks to the warthog and you crouch and the warthog hits a bump and it goes like right over your head and you turn to see it explode and, and shatter and like blast off mm-hmm. against the rocks or, you know, you, you're, you're driving the, the, the warthog and your buddy's in the, in the side seat 
and he's got the the flag and you've got the entire enemy team chasing down on you and a rocket hit hits next to the warthog and it goes up on two wheels and you're kind of sliding you're like oh, are we going to tip are we going to tip no we're good we're good and and just there there's the the game lives on its sandbox the sandbox is what makes halo fantastic and Halo 5 kind of detu- kind of overly tuned the sandbox to make it viable for pro gamers and competitive play but it kind of ruined it in the sense that at that at it, it effectively chopped it cut out any of the fun they they tuned out anything that was kind of goofy or silly or ridiculous and frankly Halo needs that that's what makes Halo fun and so I really liked the arena mode the problem with Halo 5 for me was when I played it online, Halo 5, it actually blew me away one day because I got so sick. So the problem was I kept getting the same maps. I would play an hour of Halo 5. I would play the same three or four maps for that entire hour. And it used to irritate the hell out of me because I'm like, why are we playing the same four maps? Like, 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 give, like is that all there is? And so I actually went mm-hmm. into the game like files there were 40 maps for arena. That's not even including the big team maps and stuff like that. There were like 40 arena maps. And yet the rotation was programmed so that you only like ran the most popular competitive maps. So like it just, it, it, it got stale so quickly for me because again, there were only like four maps. And or in, in in practice, there were only four maps, even though there were plenty more. And then the other thing that killed me with Halo 5 was that a lot of the maps were made with Forge tools. Now, for those that don't know, Forge is an included, um, I guess, mode within Halo that allows... Uh, it allows... To build your own map. Yeah, right? it, it allows players to build their own maps using these these components snap together and build their own play modes so a lot of really fun kind of halo classic modes like griff ball which is like halo's version of football with hockey sticks if that makes any sense um came out of forge like someone created it and then it caught it, it went viral caught on like wildfire and now it's like an official mode because it's so popular and i don't mind forge but I dis and I don't mind them adding like if, if someone makes a really great forge if I, if the community makes really great forge maps they can by all means add them to the rotation. But it got to a point that even three four three was just making maps with forge and unfortunately the forge maps just looked crappy like they just they, the, all the textures were really flat the lighting was really bad like they didn't look like triple A arenas that you would like find at a triple a full price game and that always just rubbed me the wrong way because it made it look cheap and then on when you couple that to the 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 art style of halo 5 was not it was it was a very big departure from the art styles of reach and then halo 4 and quite frankly a lot of the spartans just looked like power rangers like they were just these like big buff power rangers it, it did not work sit well with a lot of people and i did not even talk about i haven't even mentioned the campaign yet because I love Halo, but I will be the first to tell you that you don't even bother playing the Halo 5 campaign. Like, it's... 
really in my opinion it's that bad like they they took halo 4 i don't want to get into spoilers for people who haven't played it but halo 4 had a had a flawed campaign from a gameplay standpoint from a couple from a design standpoint halo 4 had some issues was found it forgettable but from a from a story standpoint halo 4 ended on a very big and significant kind of story note and then halo 5 basically opens by saying yeah just kidding forget that ever happened and that rubbed me the wrong way like wait because because i actually thought that with halo 4 they did a really great thing and they really decided to go somewhere new with the characters and and it was very bold it was a bold decision and then for halo 5 to come out and just basically retcon it and say never mind forget that happened it 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 pissed me off so i i i respect some aspects of halo 5 but i also just do not like that game in a lot of ways so with that said i am really enjoying infinite um do i wish it had a slayer only playlist yes do I mean, it will it has to right yeah i think it'll, it'll it'll come eventually um am i happy with the battle pass no no i'm not um and we'll get into that in the bad section but i think in terms of the way the level design and just the way it feels the best analogy i can say is it feels like reach 2.0 and I think that's awesome. With some some misses there, because there are some things that we love from Reach that are are not there. Well, okay, so, so Reach the weapon mouse definitely different as well. Yeah, well, what I mean, Reach two point is like I don't, I mean, in like the art the art design reminds me of Reach. The mm. overall kind of feeling of the Spartans and the the movement and the hate and the sort of the the look and feel of it reminds me of Reach. The details are obviously very different. This is a new game. It's running on a on a, a very a, an engine that's clearly had a lot of overhaul. Um, it's like it's running in a different time. Reach came out ten years ago. Like Reach yeah. came out in two thousand eleven, and I, I think Reach is probably the apex of Halo as far as the campaign goes. I think Reach mm -hmm. is the best Halo campaign by far. Um, I still think Halo Three is the best multiplayer. I, I know somewhere some Halo Two fanboy is ready to punch me now because Halo Two is considered the apex of of Halo multiplayer. I think Halo Two had some phenomenal map design, but I think Halo Three was far more balanced as a multiplayer experience. And so Halo Three to me was the the peak Halo multiplayer because I think dual wielding just broke Halo. Um, and yeah, I remember that being why I didn't really. I saw that on too, and it's like, eh, is this it, really? It, it it broke it broke it because the whole the the Halo, the Halo combat flow is the it's the three pillars of grenades, gun, and melee. Like if you can't grenade, gun, or melee quickly, then you're not playing Halo. Like that's that triad is the is what makes the gameplay unique. So when they went to dual wielding and you could do stupid stuff like have the magnum in one hand and the 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 plasma pistol in the other and basically strip people's shields and then one shot them in the head like the noob combo oh that was terrible mm -hmm. so like the the halo 3 in my opinion is the most balanced of the the halo multiplayers and then reach was the best kind of campaign with regards to storytelling and level design and just interesting set pieces um and i think halo infinite feels like a return to reach in terms of the 
style of the armor, the style of the, the art design, the the sort of feel. Um, and then, it, but it, I think as far as the multiplayer goes, it's better than Reach. Because I, I remember not really enjoying Reach's multiplayer as much as I enjoyed 3. I went back to 3 pretty quickly. Hmm. That's the... Uh... I didn't, but also I wasn't like deep in three as a as a online component. I think I only ever played that like split screen with friends. Reach was the one that I got really into online, so I didn't have that residual. Yeah, I missed three. Yes, I think. What, I, what about three? Did you like better than Reach though? Map design. Because I thought okay, well, map that makes sense. Map design in three was a lot better in my opinion. Uh, Reach also started the trend where they started using Forge a lot. For, mm. for maps like even now i actually i don't know if you can still play reach on the 360 multiplayer i think they shut down the servers finally but if you were to fire up the reach multiplayer uh you would still get a bunch of forge maps in official playlists and stuff and again i don't have a problem with forge maps it's just that they no matter how much work you do a forge map is never going to look as good as a real map that was designed by a professional artist with professional tools and mm-hmm. when I'm paying $60 for a game, I want to see that quality. You know, it's it's Microsoft. It's Halo. They have the finances to hire the best artists in the world. Hire the best artists in the world and make me a beautiful game. Um, and on that, let's talk a little bit about the graphics for uh, Halo Infinite. Give me Give me your thoughts first. Definitely pretty. Um, Halo has never been a, a groundbreaking graphics game, right? That's not its its thing. It, it's not there to sh- shatter anything with how how good a reflection is somewhere. But um, I'm playing it on PC, 3080, uh, you know, 1440, and it looks really good. I have no complaints about the graphics. Okay. Yeah i i think I think in the 360 era, Halo did kind of push graphics a little bit. Halo 3 and Halo Reach both did a lot um, with their visuals at the time. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like, Halo's not... Halo has always been gameplay first. Yeah, it's it, not a tech demo. It's not Crisis. You know, it's not a game that's... Uh, which is which is a disservice to Crisis. The Crisis has... Like, cri- the Crisis games have great gameplay. They really do. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a sandbox. They have a great sandbox. And that makes it last. Um, but yeah, the, the Halo has always been known more for it's, uh, the gameplay first, and then it's also not bad to look at, but I think Halo 5 definitely kind of dropped the ball visually, and this is a, this is significantly better. Um, I would not call this game next gen, to be honest, like, I still think, (sighs) no matter how much I love the art design... I still think, uh, like, Modern Warfare 2019, like, the and we were talking about this last night when we were playing, mm-hmm. I still think the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 has better graphics. Like, it just, the visuals on that game, to this day, two years later, still blow me away. Like, the, the lighting, the detail, the character models, like, everything just looks incredible in that game. You go play that campaign, and 
like it, it, it's funny because I was playing the campaign at one point um, just because I I'd played so much in the multiplayer and I'd never gone into the campaign. So I decided to play, I restarted, I started to play the campaign and my girlfriend was on was sitting on the couch. And what was crazy to me is that she's seen me play a lot of games. Like she's seen me play Dark Souls, she's seen me play Sekiro, she's seen me play Darksiders, you know, Final Fantasy, all this stuff. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 sucked her her in almost more than it sucked me in in terms of like the 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 campaign and we talked about it later and she was like she was like it just it felt so it looked and felt so real to her and 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 like she's not military she's not anything like she just but the the detail of the character models like prices the 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 details you can see in price's beard and and the the lighting and everything that was in that game it just sucked her in and she felt like she was watching a movie or a TV show. It's just the action scenes were cut up with me playing. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And so I give that game a tremendous amount of credit on the technology side. And and Infinity Ward, you can tell in between... I mean, Infinite Warfare was a very good-looking game, but you can definitely tell between Infinite Warfare and then Modern Warfare 2019, like, they went to town overhauling their tech. And I don't get that same response to Halo Infinite. I think Halo Infinite looks good. I think it looks very good. The art design is perfect. And it runs really well on Xbox. I I have been having I had some tech issues. I could not try it on PC. But I can tell you on my Xbox consoles, it screams. It runs incredibly like the loading times are almost instantaneous and it hits it's a constant 60 frames per second no drops and it does look like some of the maps like that that one big team map the one that's a, a remake of valhalla look look great but then there are other maps that just look very flat and i think that that's a big thing is a lot of it doesn't have as much dynamic lighting and stuff and i get that halo is kind of they're going more for gameplay than than mood but I would like to see them kind of branch out in terms of the, the level design and kind of embrace, do some fun stuff with it. But um, I think it I think it looks good. I think it plays fantastically, and I think that's the most important thing. Um, and we are both... Not- we definitely haven't been shortchanged by the graphics. So no, yeah, no. I, I, no confusion there. It's yeah. good. It looks good. Yeah, I for, just... For what we expect from Halo. I just... I think there are certain games that look better than the time that they release if that makes sense so like for example crisis Mm -hmm. crisis 3 released on the xbox 360 and the playstation 3 and the pc so at the end of that generation that was a next gen game that was trying to run on old gen hardware because if you even now if you go back and run crisis 3 on a high-end pc it looks breathtaking and then you sit down and go, wait, this came out in 2011? Like, really? Like, it just, it blows you away. You do you do like a Scooby-Doo, whoa? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's so ahead of its time, technology-wise. And I think Modern Warfare 2019 is a little bit like that. It is just ahead of its time, visually. And that's what it's allowing it to age. And so Halo doesn't look bad, but I don't think this is a true next-gen Halo experience, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. And it's, you know, star of the generation. But 
uh, Halo, I'm trying to think of mo- most games you'll have like the one that comes out at the start of the console and the one that comes out at the end of the console is like stretch everything out. So are we expecting that we'll probably see it certainly another Halo on, on the, the new Xbox that's going to be insane? I have no clue. The, honestly, the, this, this, this generation is so bizarre because here we are a year later and you still can't buy half the consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, you still can't get a PS5. Uh, and even getting a Series X is hard still. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I also don't know because Halo Infinite, because they're going free to play with the multiplayer, I don't know if they will do another Halo game or if they'll just do another campaign and keep updating the Halo Infinite client. Um, Which is all the same to me as long as it's getting better and prettier as time goes on. Yeah, so it, it will be it'll be interesting though. Um, but I, I think overall, I was worried about the decision to go free to free to play, and it has brought in some uh, some issues. So before we get into the bad or the or the not bad, but the the, the things we're less enthused with, um, anything else we missed on the good? The maps feel the maps feel good to play. The um, game looks good. It runs very well, at least on consoles. Um, and, I'm happy with what I've seen so far. And, I like it. Um, and, I think if we get in the bad, I'll bridge that with something I like, and then we can kind of move in the argument about the parts of that same category. We don't, but yeah, I've got no complaints right now. I, I, overall, I, I think the best thing I can, the, the biggest thing I can say is it feels like Halo. Mm-hmm. Like it really feels like Halo. Like it gives me. Like I remember firing up the beta and playing some big team battle with my friends and it felt like i started to get those those vibes that i haven't felt since playing halo 4 big team back in 2013 mountain dew time yeah yeah halo or 2012 actually that was yeah it was 2012 halo 4 2012 uh big team battle like i, I liked the big team battle in halo 4 and personally that was really fun um big team battle's cool but i always feel like the game is occurring around me well yeah like, I've, I've never had a big team battle that i felt i was a Sure, no, no snowflake feels responsible for the avalanche, but I was definitely I'm, I'm very small in a big team battle. Yeah, big team battle is a lot more fun when you have your whole when you have your whole squad with you. But mm-hmm. but it, it is it is fun. But but I just I guess my point is, this felt like Halo in a way that Halo hasn't even as good as Halo Five was in places. It didn't feel like Halo in the same way that this feels like Halo. Like I saw some crazy stuff. There are already crazy memes going up on the internet of people using the grappling hook to snag weapons off of like <laughs> weapon spawners away from other players or snag the power cells like there are these like on the, especially on the big team maps there are these giant like buckets that look like glowing trash cans and you can grab them with a grappling hook and then throw them at your enemies and they explode so there are all these videos of people doing incredibly crazy throws and stuff it's it, it's fantastic so feels like halo let's get into the stuff we were less enthused with um, you go first. So first of all, I am enthused with the assault rifle in its current configuration. Because I've one thing I've always hated about Halo, and hated is the right word, is like the, the AR has pretty much been garbage, at least the way I play. You know, you, you need to use some other weapon and then switch to it if you absolutely have to, but pretty much everyone's throwing it away pretty quick. The current design of the AR you, you can you can hang from a distance if you fire controlled. You know that it doesn't bloom that bad. You know, it's it's the first first time I played Halo AR all round, and I'm not scrambling for another gun. I like the AR in its current form. 
Um, that said, now I guess we'll get into maybe the weapon balance isn't great yet. There's probably some tweaking to be done. But I, I hope they don't mess with this AR too much because I, I was always the guy who wasn't that good with the uh, battle rifle anyway. So I'm really happy that I got thrown a bone here. And now probably all those of you who are actually good at Halo are now hating upon me, but that's my stance on the AR anyway. I don't I don't hate it. Um, I'm with you. I like that they made the AR more viable. Um, we can argue that the like the super sweaties would probably argue that the halo meta the ar is supposed to be disposable because you're supposed to go get a power weapon like you're not supposed to play the whole game with the ar you're supposed to go get the weapons that are on the map that's how the whole like dynamic of map control works and that's core to halo and i can respect that argument but i actually also come back to what you're saying where it's like if you're gonna give me a weapon that's basically useless just don't give me a weapon at all like it, 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 if it, it doesn't really sort of, it, it seems like kind of a, a bad design choice to give you a weapon that basically the first thing you want to do is get rid of it. So I'm with you that I like how punchy the AR feels. I just think they either need to nerf the AR's range a tiny bit, or they need to buff some of the other weapons like the commando, because I feel right now, like there will be exchanges and it might just be that I suck. Um, there will be exchanges where I have a commando and the other dude has an AR and we're at mid to long ranges and he will win. And I'm just like that. There's no way that should work. Like you should not be able at that range. He should either be switching to the pistol or he should be looking for a battle rifle or a commando. Like he should not be able to go toe to toe with a BR with an AR. So I think they need to. I don't know if they need to buff the other ones a little bit or just tweak the range. But um, but I agree with you. I don't want to see it nerfed again. Yeah, we have been at war as Spartans for you know decades at this point, right? There's nothing wrong with the AR improving slightly in that time. And I don't think that that's so anti-Halo to think that maybe we realize at some point this AR could use. A better barrel or something. Oh, don't don't apply lore sense to gameplay tuning. Just call it the A one and call it good. Uh, actually, it is. It's the M forty A two in the uh, in the if, when you pick it up if you want to be really technical. So yeah, um, there we go. But uh, yeah, okay. So the big the big one in the quote unquote bad that that we need to talk about is the progression system. Um, so when it was announced that Halo Infinite was going to go free to play, they also announced that it would have a battle pass system. And then they also announced that the battle pass would not expire. So for those unaware of a battle pass system, what it is, it's usually a $10 pass that you buy in a free to play game. And then as you play the game, you unlock eat the battle pass usually has a hundred tiers and at each tier you unlock goodies so it kind of if you try to spend time with your family no 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 we're not getting don't 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 bring get out of here with that stuff um but yeah so as you play the game the battle pass will unlock new stuff for you this is good um now the thing with other games like call of duty is that the battle pass expires so if you buy a battle pass and you don't finish it, like let's say you only get to because of spending time with your family or, example, or yes. work or whatever, let's say you only get to level 60. Well, all the stuff above level 60 is gone forever. 
Like you, you can never get it back because the battle. Yeah, pass well, it'll come back a few months later for five bucks as a one-off. I'm sure. May, but yeah. Maybe, but yeah, but like for example, like I don't like I like the 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 Captain Price skin was attached to a battle pass at one point in Modern in Warzone, and I have never I have never seen I haven't seen it come back to the store since. So like, there's stuff like that. And a lot of people don't like that because as they put out, like if you're not a streamer or someone who just grinds video games eight hours a day, you might not be able to complete the battle pass. So when Halo Infinite announced that their battle pass doesn't expire and that effectively you can like always go back and finish the battle pass, people were like, wow, that's a really good pro-consumer move and good on them. That makes me want to buy the battle pass. That makes me want to support it. Well, the penny drops, and right now Halo's progression system is kind of broken because the basic thing is the battle. The reason the battle pass doesn't expire is because the battle pass progress is incredibly slow. I've played about eight hours since Monday. It's currently a Thursday when we're playing this, so I've played about two hours a night of Halo since it launched. I'm on level three of the battle pass. Nice. So if you extrapolate that across whatever, you know, a hundred levels, I'm not going to do that kind of math in my head, but it's going to take a long time to finish it. And so I'm sure someone's sitting there like, okay, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is twofold. One, they have locked all of the customization for your Spartan behind the battle pass. So previously, like Reach, which was Kenny's example, as you played the game, you would unlock new customizable pieces for your Spartan's armor. So you could, you know, kind of play build a Spartan in the menus. You could change out your helmet, change out your visor, change out your your shoulder pads mm-hmm. or whatever, and really kind of personalize your, your character avatar so that when you went into multiplayer, you looked badass or goofy or whatever you wanted you could express yourself and that was kind of a core element of reach's multiplayer was that player expression and they've kept that but now they've locked it behind a paywall which i don't mind them locking a lot of the customization behind a paywall because at the end of the day it is aesthetic um and i'd rather they lock that than something that actively alters gameplay But the issue is they've locked it behind a paywall and then made the means of unlocking it so oppressively anti-consumer that it's kind of like WTF, like this is not okay. And then it it doubles, the other thing that people have brought up that's a very good point is you only, the, the battle pass will have challenges like stuff like kill five enemies with a, kill five enemies with a battle rifle or run someone over with a warthog. That is the only way right now that you get XP in the Battle Pass. Mm-hmm. So you can have an incredible game where you get 25 kills, you capture the flag three times, you defend the flag eight times, you play the objective, you you run the ball, like you carry your team. But no Warthog kills. But if you did not get that one sort of side quest, that one Battle Pass challenge, if you didn't do one of those you will get zero XP for that match. And it mm-hmm. just kind of makes the whole thing feel very, what's the point? Because it's like, and I, and I think it's hurting from playing with a couple, ran, you know, I've played enough that I've played with randoms a bit. 
And I feel like it, it, it ruins the teamwork because instead of people being focused on, hey, it's capture the flag, we need to defend the flag, everybody's running around trying to get the specific gun that they need to complete the battle pass challenge. Right. It's like the Fortnite effect. I mean, I, I've, I've raged unsuccessfully, clearly, against challenges and hard modes in games since, I don't know, when we first started seeing them in, I don't know, maybe Wrath of Lich King WoW days because, it, sure, you're rewarding someone for trying new, and it, it certainly does keep you engaged because I've been grinding on some games, playing things on stupid mode to try and get whatever thing I'm trying to unlock. So it clearly works. But if you're trying to get me to play a game in a style that I don't enjoy playing it, I'm going to burn out faster even if I grind to get whatever thing I'm trying to get. And then with the teamwork, I'm referencing Fortnite because you know, you'll have a stupid challenge like dance at the following locations and God forbid the rest of your team's trying to win the match, but you know, you're not really interested in doing anything other than ducking bullets and getting your dances in. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't like that. And or I mean, at least Halo has no dancing. Yeah, but I mean, the, the thing is, especially with Halo, since, like, in my opinion, like, the objective modes in Halo are by far the most fun, I think, that can be had in the game. I think Big Team Capture the Flag is one of the sort of, pro one of the best things you can ever have in gaming. I think Oddball, I know a lot of people hate Oddball. Oddball is my favorite objective mode ever. I cannot tell you how many great nights I had playing split-screen Oddball with my friends in college, like, just jump like people jumping up and shouting and it just it, it there's so much energy that comes from a good oddball match but the flip side of that is when you're playing objective modes with randoms that is it gets it's less fun and then when you're playing objective mode with randoms who aren't even trying to play the objective because they're so busy farming kills because they want to get the battle pass leveled up that breaks the game like, that is something that they need to fundamentally look at. And I I understand why the Battle Pass is structured the way it is. Because they're giving the, the entire multiplayer away for free, they need, to, they need to monetize something. Because development on these games is not cheap. And I understand that, and that's completely fine. However, the current structure is not. This ain't, this ain't it, Chief. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking back to the days of Reach. I really had no problem playing, paying, you know, Reach, Modern Warfare, whatever. Uh, the the 2011 era when you get the game, and then maybe they do two expansion passes, twenty bucks each. You're you're total all in for probably a year of solid gameplay before the next game came out, being about a hundred bucks in 2011 dollars. I, I didn't feel that was a bad deal either. I didn't like it because not everybody had a hundred dollars to spend so you would get a lot of people with some people would have the maps some people wouldn't some people would have the expansion some people wouldn't and so it would fragment the player base so whenever a new expansion or map came out you would basically fragment the player base and then if a second expansion came out you'd fragment the player base again um so i am much more i have been saying for years i wanted call of duty to just go to a single client Call of Duty Online, instead of, you know, charging $60 every year, I wanted them to go to a single multiplayer client and then just keep adding maps, keep adding modes, keep expanding that client and then sell the campaigns as like $40 standalone expansions on the side. I, that, that, I was saying that back in like 2012, that I wanted them to do that. And they're kind of doing that now with Warzone. 
Um, yeah, but have it have single? When's the last time that single player? I mean, since COD multiplayer became the thing, I wonder if de- designing new campaigns and selling those for forty bucks are even going to get get a decent ROI on that. No, they're not, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of them have not had campaigns. It's um, campaigns have kind of become. Unfortunately, they're very expensive, and because all of the motion capture and all achieving the high level of quality that players expect from a campaign, like the cinematic uh, immersion and all that stuff, is very difficult and very expensive. And then on top of that, the general statistics show that eighty percent of players don't finish the campaign. So it's kind of like, what's the point? And so a lot mm-hmm. of them have either been doing really short campaigns, which I'm okay with because I, I again, I've railed before. I'm I am not a fan of this. Every game needs to be 80 hours or it's a waste of, or 60 hours or it's a waste of my money um, mentality that a lot of people seem to have. Um, so I'm okay with a shorter campaign. Uh, I, I Titanfall 2, for example, I think Titanfall 2 campaign is perfect. It is, it's, it's short, you know, it's about, I think four to six hours. I think it's about six hours, really. If you, if you do it in four, you're not really, you're, you're speed running it. You're not really like actually playing it to play it. If you explore and do stuff, it's like six to eight hours, which I think is fine because it's, it is so good that it leaves you wanting more as opposed to you get to the end and you're like, oh my God, will this just end already? Um, and I think that's the art of a good campaign is it should be just short enough that it, when it ends, you want a sequel or you want something else because you want to keep playing. Um, so, the, but anyways, the campaign is just, it's, it's one of those things that it the statistics just show people aren't playing it. Everyone's done multiplayer as the focus. So that's where they're putting the bulk of their effort. And so I'm okay with them taking Halo Breach, or I'm sorry, Halo Infinite multiplayer free to play uh, in the era of Warzone. I think that's the right decision. Uh, the fact that Battlefield's new, uh, the fact that Battlefield's new Battle Royale mode, uh, Hazard Zone, the fact that that isn't free to play, I think that just, it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to die. Um, I mean, we saw what happened with Black Ops, um, Black Ops Four. Um, Rumor has it the Black Ops 4 team wanted Blackout to be free-to-play. They wanted it to be its own thing, like Warzone is now. And they were shot down by the brass uh, at Activision because they didn't, they weren't comfortable with the idea of making it free-to-play. They didn't understand the monetization model and, like, the, the whole, you know... The, the, they didn't understand how it would work. And then with by the time Warzone came out, they had finally kind of made peace with it. And then now they've seen that Warzone... The fact that Warzone is free is actually making them way more money than it would if it was locked behind a $60 paywall. So the fact that DICE is or EA is locking Hazard Zone behind a $60 paywall just means that Hazard Zone is going to die instantly. Um, and we'll do we'll have to talk about Battlefield because uh, I have a lot on, an, on another episode because I have a lot to say about that. Um, or... Sounds like we're going to need to talk about uh, yeah. the, the flop of the uh, Ghost Recon. Do you want to just do a incident? Guess? All right. Do you want to do you want to skip the second talk or the I guess number four and number th- number three and number four and just talk gaming today? And we'll do those on another episode. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. All yeah, right. Roger that. Change of plan. So let's talk about let's let's talk about Battlefield um, for real quick, and then we'll talk. In, uh, the, the, yeah, we'll talk about Battlefield and Ghost Recon. 
So for those that don't know, Battlefield 2042, technically it's kind of out right now because I guess if you pre-ordered it, you can play it, or if you have EA Play Premium or whatever, you can play it early. But Battlefield 2042 is not in a good place. Let's just let's just be let's put the cards on the table. It is not in a good state. Um, I don't claim to be the biggest Battlefield like fan. Really? I got into the series. Play the hell out of it. I got into the series with uh, with Bad Company Two, so that's relatively late. Um, and I play, but between Bad Company Two, Battlefield Three, and then Battlefield Four, I have a couple thousand hours in Battlefield. I think Battlefield Three, personally for me, was the apex of the series, and a lot of that was due to the uh, fantastic map design and the clear sort of distinct the the clear differentiation between the various classes in battlefield 3 like you really needed a good combination of classes to win and none of the classes felt overly powerful um so i think battlefield 3 is the apex of the series for me which again came out in 2011 man 2011 was such a great year for gaming like holy hell we had uh skyrim battlefield 3 halo reach or no, Halo Reach was 2010, maybe. I don't know. But anyways, that around that. Dark Souls, all those came out in 2011. Like, something was in the water back then. That was a great year. Anyways, um, Battlefield 2042 is kind of a mess because they basically, the bulk of the main game, the Conquest mode, which has been the bread and butter of the Battlefield franchise for, for decades... They removed the class system and replaced it with these specialists, which are basically a carbon copy of Call of Duty Warzone's operators, which are like distinct character, like distinct characters with like a, a, a visual name and a particular voice and all this stuff. Kind of like what, what, uh, what Rainbow Six Siege has as well. Same idea. So... And if you're not familiar with Battlefield, traditionally Battlefield had four classes. Assault, Engineer, Recon, and either a Support or Medic class. And the idea was each class filled a different role. Assault and, and had limitations. So the Assault class would get Assault Rifles and would be able to, depending on which Battlefield it was, they would either drop Ammo Kits or Medic Bags. Um, the engineer class would get carbines and SMGs, but they would get heavy explosives. So, uh, rocket launchers and landmines and stuff like that to help them take out vehicles. The recon class would get sniper rifles, and then they would get, um, gadgets that would allow them to mark enemies or allow them to set manual spawn points so you could, uh, spawn behind enemy lines, that kind of stuff. And then the support class would get light machine guns and again depending on which battlefield either drop medic bags or ammo patch ammo uh, uh drop ammo boxes for their teammates so each class had a, or each yeah each class had a role on the battlefield and the best teams would have a mix of them so you would have recons getting up high providing overwatch with snipers and then you would have supports dropping ammo for them and then you would have engineers running with the assault guys to uh, protect them from the tanks while the assault guys protect the engineers from other assault classes like there was there was a very healthy kind of mix 
of characters or of, of play styles and, and sort of um, roles within the game. And it led to this really great sandbox of rock, paper, scissors, where every no class is perfect and can override any of the others. With 2042, they have thrown all of that out the window. There are no more classes. Each operator can use whatever they want, whatever weapons, whatever gadgets, whatever tools. And it has broken the fucking game because one visually all the operators you know the various operators look the same so you can't visually look at someone and tell if they're on your team anymore you have to like look for the hud icon or whatever which is not great and then two by looking at them you can't tell what their role is you can't tell what gadgets they have you can't tell what they're supposed to be doing for the for the team like in battlefield 4 or battlefield 3 if I'm playing with Kenny, and Kenny is assault, like when I run up to his character, I can tell that he's an assault based on the character model and the weapon he's holding and the details of the character. Or if I'm an engineer, because I always played engineer in Battlefield, Kenny can tell because he'll look at my dude and he'll see my character's got the ball cap and he's got the rocket launcher attached to his back and he's holding an MP5 or some sort of a subgun or some sort of carbine. So you can visually tell immediately what role that player is playing. And that allows you to work as a team better because it allows you to make quick decisions where I can look at him and say, oh, Kenny's a sniper. Okay, um, he's not going to be able to make a push with me right now, so I'm not going to push. I'm going to wait for some more teammates or I'm going to a signal, let's go over here. And, and so it encourages that team play. The removal of that just completely eliminates any like need for team play. And the end result is Conquest in Battlefield 2042 is fucking chaos. It's a bunch of people who all look the same running around in circles. So from a design standpoint, it is super broken, like the core mode. They've just completely eradicated everything that made it feel like Battlefield. And then on top of that, the game is technically in shambles with constant server disconnects, horrible performance on various systems, bugs, graphical glitches, the, the usual stuff that comes out of a Frostbite game, unfortunately. I don't, think, I, I don't think there's ever been a Battlefield game outside of maybe Battlefield 1 that launches in a good state. I mean, Battlefield 4, people forget, Battlefield 4 was unplayable for eight months until they finally got it patched. Now it's a fantastic game. I think Battlefield 4 has aged like wine, but the first six to eight months of that game, was it was literally unplayable um, because it launched in such a bad state, and there was even a class action suit against EA over it, if I remember correctly. Um, so this is not new for Battlefield, but when you couple it against the fact, like, like it just it, it hurts doubly for them right now because Halo, even though Halo is technically in a beta state, Halo is very polished. Halo is, well, we had like maybe a couple server issues last night. We couldn't get into a big team game, probably because the servers yeah, were full. Yeah, I think full. we had dropped like once when yeah, our entire but, our team got split up. But. But, but we're not encountering hard crashes. We're not being kicked yeah. back to desktop. We're not encountering like nonstop bugs with players getting stuck on the geometry or collision or, or you know, like overall, Halo is very polished, fast, and fluid. Battlefield mm -hmm. is not. Battlefield is in a really bad state. So, not on top of the just bizarre design choices they made the game itself is technically broken right now and they're charging 60 dollars for it so it, it, it's it's right now battlefield's dead doa like completely dead on arrival and what's interesting 
is again, I can't confirm this, but there are a lot of there are a lot of sort of, you know, these behind the scenes scuttlebutt with people saying that, you know, they talk to uh, developers at Dice anonymously, that kind of stuff. And the general what 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 people are saying is that Battlefield the new Battlefield has a battle royale mode called Hazard Mode or Hazard Zone, I'm sorry, which actually sounds pretty cool. It sounds like a little bit of a it's a mix of Escape from Tarkov battlefield and the dark zone where you have to from division one where you have to go into a zone and acquire gadgets or acquire objects and then extract those objects to special extraction zones while everyone else will try to kill you to steal your objects so it's a really cool game mode from on paper and from what again i played the I have to I have to preface this. I have not played the final product. I played the beta back in October for Battlefield 4 and I even as a longtime Battlefield longtime Battlefield fan, I was so turned off by the beta that I played about an hour and a half of it and then I uninstalled it completely and didn't play it again for the rest of the weekend. Like it was that bad to me. Um but from what I hear and there, there are a couple sort of media outlets and YouTubers that I, whose opinion I kind of value more than others. Uh, Skill up in particular on YouTube, uh, bless his Aussie soul. Um, he basically said in his review in progress that Hazard Zone feels like the game they were designing. That a lot of the design choices that they made, a lot of the design choices that feel completely out of place in the main conquest mode fit perfectly in hazard zone and that just makes me wonder what happened in the development cycle because it feels like when i'm looking at this and i'm looking at the design choices and i'm looking at how the pieces fit together what i see like what my gut tells me is that they were designing a free-to-play battle royale battlefield spin-off and then at some point somebody came in and said just kidding this just became a mainline battlefield game so figure out how to make it work like just smash this, those two together and make it work and spoiler it doesn't work because the fact that the the fact that the 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 what's it called the 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 battle royale mode feels better than the regular conquest mode again just when you look at the way the dev cycles work and production works that really does sound to me like they were working on making this a free to play it was it was designed as a war zone a standalone free to play kind of thing and then at the last minute it got forced in now they do have that one other mode portal and the portal mode seems kind of cool and it's basically they took the best maps from battlefield bad company 2 battlefield 3 and battlefield 1 so three of like the greatest hits of battlefield and they remastered them in the new engine and you can basically play them as they were back in the day and then if you want to do it you can make your own game modes and maps and apparently that's pretty good it's basically it's battlefield's answer answer to forge to halo's forge mode the battlefield now has this forge mode called portal and apparently that's really cool too but again it just those two hazard zone and portal feel like com completely different products that were forced under the same roof and it's just like i don't understand why because 
I know I'm ranting here. I apologize. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up. Um, the thing to me is that, like, if you, like, I honestly think what they could have done, like, if I wasn't, and again, and this is where I have to be careful, because obviously, I'm just a nerd with an MBA. I don't, I'm not, I'm, EA, I'm sure, has people who are way more qualified at making decisions like this on their payroll. But I cannot, for the life of me, understand why did you do this? Why, especially after Battlefield Five or V or whatever the hell it was, flopped so hard in terms of sales and overall life cycle? Like that game was dead within six months. They, they, it, 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 it that was an appalling flop for the franchise, especially after Battlefield One, which was a huge hit. Um, like if you know that your last game flopped. And you are kind of in this precarious situation. It's, the competition in the market is, is higher than it's ever been. I don't have a problem with a free-to-play Battlefield spinoff. That's a, that's a Battle Royale that, brings, that, that tries something new, like the whole hazard mode thing, or hazard zone. That's cool. I don't have a problem with that. Release that as a free-to-play spinoff. And then take the time... Take that, use that to kind of placate people and, and and get a game out and take advantage of the free-to-play whales and all that stuff that we can have a talk about, you know, the, the, the ethics of that another time. But do that and then have a second team working on the next Battlefield game. Which, quite frankly, if you look at the Battlefield community, they've been asking for Bad Company 3 for 10 years. And they've been asking for either a Bad Company 3 or a Battlefield 3 Remastered. So if I was running DICE, and I'm not, so, you know, to, uh, free advice, I would have released Hazard Zone as a standalone, free-to-play battle, battle royale with Battlefield elements. So vehicles, all that other stuff. Cool. Now you've got your Warzone competitor. You've got one team working on that. And then I would have another team. I would have done Battlefield bad company remastered remaster battlefield uh, bad company one and bad company two because remasters are in they're very popular right now and put those out and that tests the water and if those sell well and people like that old school battle company uh, bad company gameplay with the destruction and, and the classes and all that stuff because spoiler alert it was amazing and it's timeless and it will and people will like it and it's different from everything else that's on the market right now. So you've got you've got your hazard zone chasing your trends. That's chasing your market trends, doing your copycat thing. And then you remaster Bad Company to to really kind of tap into that that legacy of Battlefield, the original DNA. And then and and also gauge your market. Like, is there a market for Bad Company three? You remaster Bad Company one and two. You launch that. Those are a hit. You see that there's a market, you, you build some energy, and then you announce that Bad Company 3 has gone into full production. Profit. Meanwhile, you've got Hazard Zone making money, doing its thing, and tiding fans over while you have time to take your time to make Bad Company 3 special. Like, that, I don't understand why that wasn't the approach. Instead, they like instead they 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 mash this battle this this free to play battle royale 
with these operators into the traditional battlefield experience. They take out all the classes, but then they also have this weird portal mode, which is the traditional battlefield experience, but it's like this weird, like, odd child out within the package. It just, it, it feels like a mess. So. Good rant. And I went totally quiet there because I think I have a total, if I have two hours total in, in battlefield games, that, that'd probably be, probably be it. I think I got battlefield like one on, uh, on sale at some point, played a little bit of it. Just battlefield was never, my style of game and i guess that makes me a cod scrub or if i could just fire up like a domination on cod or something that that works better for me i just never got into battlefield so which which i'm a little bit disconnected from this which that surprises me because conquest in battlefield is basically domination with vehicles like it's just domination on a big map with vehicles it is amazing it is one of the coolest game modes like ever designed it is so perfect I can't, like, I, I mean, I, I'm sure you've seen them. I have so many freaking clips saved on my Xbox of just dumb, crazy, kind of like Halo. Again, it goes back to the sandbox. Battlefield was always a sandbox shooter. And when you give players a sandbox like that, you can they can do crazy stuff. And 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 uh and it just it it's fun i mean at one point ea was even smart enough to realize that they had a whole marketing campaign around battlefield 3 where the 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 campaign was called only in battlefield and it was just a bunch of player submitted clips of crazy stuff happening in battlefield yeah. that's hijacking f18 right yeah yeah the, the rendezvous or what yeah rendezvous or whatever it was called that that dude who did it he he had a uh, he was in one plane he had another plane on his tail he ejected from his own plane shot the other plane with an rpg in midair and then jumped back into his own plane or or no it wasn't an rpg it was a sniper rifle he sniped the pilot of the other plane out of midair and then stole the guy's plane like it just it stupid like again not realistic but amazing gameplay and 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 it's all organic emergent gameplay it's not scripted sequences it is literally player agency at its finest the player you give the player the sandbox and you let them go wild and you get these incredible moments and you get these incredible um uh clips and especially now where it's so easy to make a gameplay clip especially on consoles or like this is the perfect time for that kind of a game because you can share it on your Instagram, you can share it on Twitter, you can share it on uh, Twitch. Like, the the marketing is done for you. So I guess I don't understand this this um, the, the 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 this idea that Battlefield is somehow out of date and it needs to change or become more like COD. I mean, I do understand it. It's because a bunch of number crunchers at uh, EA are sitting there saying COD is making more money than us. Just do what COD does. But anyone, you know, going back to the MB- whole NBA thing, you know, Porter's Five Forces. What does Porter say? <laughs> What's the number one takeaway from Porter's Five Forces? Being a copycat is not a viable strategy. Just copying what the other person is doing does not work. You have to differentiate somehow. You have to, uh, you have to have something unique about it. And so, co- you know, Battlefield copying Warzone is not going to steal people away from Warzone. The way you steal mm. people away from Warzone is you come up with something that's better. 
And that's hard. And 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 I don't have an answer to that. I can't say like, oh, well, they should just do this. Well, actually, no. My answer is what I said: remaster Bad Company One and Two, so that a new generation of players who were not around for the Xbox 360 and didn't play it when it was in its prime uh, can experience it and experience the gameplay and introduce them to it in the same way that Master Chief Collection introduces a whole new generation of people. Because again, Halo C came out in 2001. So there are a whole bunch of people on Twitch now who are in gaming right now who weren't even born when Halo was first created. So something like the Master Chief Collection introduces them to it. It gives them a way to play those classic games on their current platform. Do that for Bad Company. Now you've introduced them to it, you announce Bad Company 3 because now they're primed and they're going to want more because, again, the emergent gameplay is so good that once you get a grip on it, Battlefield is uh, Battlefield is, is is at least at, when it's at its peak, like Halo, it is a truly distinct and unique sandbox, and you can't replace it. Warzone has come close actually when they've added vehicles and stuff. I've seen some fun stuff in Warzone with vehicles. Warzone is a lot closer, even though it's a battle royale. It's a lot closer to some of those. You get more of those almost Battlefield moments in Warzone, um, which I think is part of the reason it has had such longevity um so i just again it 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 drives me nuts because i feel like again i'm i don't think i'm particularly smart like i don't understand like i i I understand the balance of cost and you know you you can't infinite budgets and market competition and what like that you know like you don't have infinite budgets competition is fierce i get that but there are better ways to do this and i just feel like they're dropping the ball hard think and I, I we're beating up on them but you've got to be in a no-win situation when it's on you to decide the direction the next games go because you know you re-release something and, and what's the first thing the internet says ah you can't think of anything new you're just trying to coast on old content you're garbage uh, you try and do something totally different and you know there's always a risk there and if there's one group of people who think they know what they want but usually don't actually know what they want it's always the end consumer right so yeah but but I also, you're probably right but i just you know it's easy for us to say that when it, it certainly isn't our investment dollars on the line it is yeah, you're absolutely right but i'm gonna i'm actually gonna defend my my theory a little bit here because part of my theory and this is actually a great segue into ghost recon Yes, and another Ubisoft IP that I just realized, remember they did announce and also seems to have disappeared, but we'll get to that. Part of managing an IP is balancing progress with what your players want and listening to the community feedback. Players have been begging for, Battlefield players have been begging for a new Bad Company game for a decade. So giving them Bad Company Remastered, on the one hand, yeah, you're right. There will be a couple people who are like, oh, here they are, like, like remastering a classic, you know, pandering to nostalgia, whatever. But on the other hand, it really does, it gives the players what they want. They want that classic Battlefield gameplay, but they want it on a new plat on the new platform. It gives the players what they want. So in in a lot of ways, it's more community. It's more it's more in tune or in touch with what the community wants than forcing a new market cha- uh, trend chasing battle royale down their throats. 
I mean, look at what happened with Mass Effect. So Mass Effect Andromeda was a big flop. I still think in the end Andromeda is not a bad game. It's not a great game, but it's not a bad game. But Andromeda did not do well, and it led to a bunch of fiasco and led to the cancellation of its sequels and kind of put the entire Mass Effect uh, IP on hold. And then Bioware released Anthem, and Anthem was even worse. And so after releasing Anthem, Bioware stopped and said, okay, we're in a bad place. What do we do? They took a step back. They went back to their roots. They released the Mass Effect Legendary Collection, which is the remaster of Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. And now they're working on Mass Effect, I guess they're, I guess they're calling it 4, but it's technically 5. I don't know, whatever the hell. They're working on a new Mass Effect game. But they kind of did a, a little bit of that soul-searching where they're like, okay, we've clearly gone off the rails. What do our players want? They want the classic Mass Effect experience. Like, okay, let's remaster the old games, put those out there. That'll introduce Mass Effect to a whole new generation of players who may not have played them on the original at the original launch time. And it earns us some community goodwill because it shows that we're going back to the kind of origins of the of the IP and the origins of Bioware and whatnot. And then we use that to buy us time so we can begin working on the next big Mass Effect game. I think that's a terrific strategy. And again, EA's already done it once effectively with Mass Effect. So the fact that they didn't do it here with uh, Battlefield is just baffling to me. Because if I was at DICE, I would look over and see what Bioware just did and go, that worked. It made the fans happy. It bought us time. And it was a, and it was a big sales hit. Let's do that. Like that's a, like I understand that the leadership is inherently conservative. They don't want to take risks. That's not a risk. If anything, that's an incredibly conservative business strategy. And so I just I don't understand why that wasn't the primary go this route. You know, revive a beloved sub IP, remaster it for a new generation, which is still requires money and time, but a lot less than building it from the ground up and then work on a brand new cutting edge sequel in that IP profit. Like to me, as long as you do a good job and you don't have a GTA definitive edition fiasco <laughs> or a War Warcraft three reforged fiasco, like as long as you do a good job with the remasters, like the legendary edition did, it literally is just pure profit. Like it, it, it's, it's not a hard thing. And again, it goes back to being in touch with your base and it shows that you are listening to the base like the the most damning thing that comes out of came out of dice was a couple years ago where a bunch of developers at dice admitted they have no idea why bad company 2 is so popular like they don't understand why that one is the most popular game in the series that's a really big red flag when you don't even understand why the game that is beloved by all your fans is beloved and that's what hey and, and that's the thing. It's like Halo Infinite understands what makes Halo Halo. Is it perfect? Nope. It has there are a lot of little things they can tweak and fix. But at its core, at the design level, Halo Infinite understands Halo. And it's being true to Halo. Battlefield 2042 does not understand Battlefield. 
And as a result, it doesn't feel like a Battlefield game, which means that the people who love Battlefield are not going to play it, or the majority of the people who love Battlefield are not going to play it because it doesn't feel like Battlefield. And the people who are new to Battlefield aren't really going to be hooked by it because it just feels like everything else on the market right now. So with that disconnect, let's talk about Ghost Recon and this Ghost Recon Frontlines, this free-to-play Battle Royale first-person shooter that was announced by Ubisoft and then immediately delayed indefinitely. Yeah, so I... I'm, I would call myself a Ghost Recon fanboy, but I probably don't deserve to because I got into Ghost Recon at the Wildlands point. And I think it was probably a little... Filthy you know, casual. Give a shout out to Skill Up again. You know, the, the real Ghost Recon was one or two iterations before that. Um, more skill, more tactical. But I think Wildlands, to me, is the perfect balance of... You know, it's not quite an arcadey shooter, but it's arcadey enough. And if you want to throw it on, you know, pure casual scrub difficulty, it can get pretty arcadey, but very realistic, real weapons, real, you know, people. And, you know, that may sound a little rough saying that, but um, what was it, Breakpoint? You're basically fighting like robots and drones and shit, right? So, oh, eh, I think I think Wildlands is where they got it pretty much right. And then. There's been a lot of discussion, not just in video games, but uh, in movies and the like, where Tom Clancy has has left us, and the IP t- attached to his name has been absolutely just beaten into the ground. And well, so I I, I want to talk about Frontline for sure. They announced that this was going to be a a Warzone-esque thing, and I, I signed up for the beta because why not? You know, I'll give it a shot, but not not super optimistic that's going to be anything that grabs me. But it's Ghost Recon, so I'll try it. But then I also see, I forgot that they even did this. Remember the, the X-Defiant thing that they announced? That's also fallen off. Yeah. So we've got a combination of, of Ubisoft trying to figure out what the next big thing is going to be. And their IP issue, which I mean, we've saw we saw that on we're seeing on Wildlands now, and we saw it on um, Division Two, which that that still could be a case study, even though I, I understand it was a good game and it has gotten a little better, but that's got to be in my category of, of why. You know, we could have just done a lot more with Div One. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what they're thinking up at Ubisoft. I also don't claim to have any idea what I tell them to do, but. I don't know why they, they look at, say, something that is Wildlands, which maybe the pure numbers, it wasn't the greatest game ever for profit, and that's why, but why, why can't I just get another Wildlands? Well, well, th- well, that, well that, that's the irony, is that Wildlands, critically, was kind of a meh game, you know, 6 mm-hmm. out of 10, 7 out of 10, critically. It sold like crazy, like it was a massive hit for Ubisoft out of nowhere in a way that no one expected. And so that's the irony is that Wildlands was a big hit. And instead of just doing more of that, they keep trying to reinvent the wheel. And uh, it just, it, it it's interesting. So uh, let, me, let me butt in here. Like your point about them not knowing what to do with the IP is hilar- is hilariously accurate. Like, I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you look at the original, quote-unquote, Tom Clancy games, the original Rainbow Six 
and the original Splinter Cell, which was like the first offshoot of Rainbow Six. They were very much grounded in tactical, stealthy kind of gameplay. You could not fight people in Splinter Cell. You had to avoid them and sneak around them and use the environment, use the shadows to your advantage. In which is Rain- why I never got into that game. In Ra- which is you're a filthy casual, and I hate you. <laughs> um, the Rainbow Six, you could take one shot. Like Rainbow Six, the original Rainbow Six game. Like if you took even like one shot center mass, your character was done. And the bulk of the Rainbow Six game, like the original one on PC, was spent around planning, where you would actually sit there and look at like schematics of the house that you were going to be assaulting, and you would plan the route for the AI and tell the tell the AI, hey, I want you to go here, then here, then here. And then as a player, you would take control over one of the characters. And then if your character died, you would take control over the next character in the stack. So it was a very different gameplay, but it was a huge hit, massive hit. Um, and then sort of as it's gone on, they've gradually just eroded that tactical aspect of the IP to a point that, you know, effectively, uh, Wildlands is basically Assassin's Creed with guns, if, that make, if we're being entirely honest, which isn't the same as the original Rainbow Six, but within Ubisoft's real wheelhouse, it's not the worst thing ever, and it works. Um, yeah, I'm saddened to hear you describe it that way, but you're you're right. It is, but you know they just they nailed the RPG elements and like that make for a good Assassin's Creed game as well. Yeah. So they do have Ubisoft knows, or at least they do have a system that works. Why they're trying to get away from it? And, you know, people give them junk for the, the Far Cries or rehash the same system again and again. But when you've got some that works, uh, it just, it worked. I don't, I don't yeah. know what to say beyond Be- that. Because Call of Duty prints money. I mean, that that's really what it comes down to. Call of Duty prints money. And there are a lot of, there are a number, you know, financial weenies at ubisoft that are sitting here saying yeah assassin's creed valhalla is the most successful assassin's creed in the franchise history and yeah wildlands sold like crazy and yeah division one eventually reached a point where it was huge but we need to make more money and again this is the publicly traded dilemma that publicly traded companies always need to make more money it doesn't matter how much money they actually are making they are always looking at we could be making more and that's a very unhealthy approach to strategy in my opinion and it leads to stuff like this like front lines which is it's like straight up it is a war zone clone that they that they made because it's a war zone clone because war zone makes money and then they're like oh crap how do we market this oh I know, slap the Tom Clancy Ghost Recon name on it because gamers already recognize that brand. And if we just slap that name on this product, maybe they won't think and they'll just buy it because they see the name association. It's brand association. And the trick is for, and the sad thing is there are a lot of people who aren't like you and me, who don't pay attention to this stuff, who don't kind of read into this stuff. 
And so they're going to go to the store or see the thing pop up on their PlayStation, and they're going to see Tom Clancy. Oh, I like Tom Clancy. Click buy, and then they're not going to think twice about it. So a little bit of that brand association stuff, it works. Unfortunately, the average consumer is not very smart, and they will, which which it just, they'll, they'll buy it. Now, they may buy it and then hate it and leave a bad review, which also yeah, happens. Yeah, it works until you weaken the brand, which I think is definitely what we're seeing with the, the entire Tom Clancy brand. Oh, it, it's gone. At this point, I argue it has no value. Um, I would argue its value is already kind of on the rocks with um, – with Siege and Wildlands. I mean, the difference is Siege and Wildlands were both not great Tom Clancy, you know, whatever that means, games. But the difference is at least that Rainbow Six Siege is a well-designed game that is very popular. And uh, what's it called? Wildlands, Ghost Recon Wildlands, was also a well-designed game that was popular. And so it's like, you know, people could argue the Ghost Recon, you know, the, the Ghost Recon brand went to, you know, went, quote unquote, went to shit with Future Soldier, which is when they started doing more of the Michael Bay blow em up style stuff. Um, but even Future Soldier had a really good multiplayer and a really cool kind of premise, which if you haven't played that, you really should. It's like $5 on Steam. You should pick it up and play it. Um, but it's... Uh, it, it's a cool game um and then wildlands kind of built on the gameplay of future soldier but made it open world like assassin's creed and you know that's again it's assassin's creed with guns whatever it works um it was it's fun for what it is but yeah this whole like we're gonna make a warzone clone and slap the ghost recon name on it and we're gonna make a Call of Duty, a bizarre Call of Duty arena shooter, and slap the Tom Clancy name on it. And it's just like, what? No, no. And that just, it just, that that's what happens when you have a bunch of leadership who don't understand the brands that they hold. They don't understand the IPs. And that's where it comes back to every brand that is a brand, whether it's Call of Duty or Battlefield or Halo or Ghost Recon or Assassin's Creed. They have core pillars, and those core pillars were forged years ago by the original games. And I would argue, as long as you're being faithful to those core pillars, you can all those brands will endure and they will continue to sell. The problem is when, like you said, you erode those core pillars to the point that they are meaningless, and it just becomes a, a placeholder name that you slap on a product. So. Now, what if it was good? Let, let's ask that question. What if they did a really good job with this Warzone clone? I mean, now we we might not even get to see, but could it have worked? I don't know. I'm inclined to say no. Because my, my question to you is, what about it? would make you stop playing Warzone. And I know you're 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 not the right person to ask that because obviously you don't play a lot of Warzone. Um but right now most of the people I know who have stopped playing Warzone have stopped because of the cheating problem in Warzone. Effectively, they're tired of getting into a Warzone match and getting killed by people who are aim, you know, aim hacking or using wall hacks to see them through the wall, like all that kind of stuff. 
but they still love the game. They still love the core mm-hmm. gameplay of Warzone. Like Warzone, even with all the crap they added with with Cold War, which I wish they would take that shit out, but even that couldn't ruin Warzone. Like Warzone is an incredibly tight and well designed game pack game that gameplay package. Ugh, English. So yeah, I agree. I you couldn't see myself moving from it. You, but you, then Wildlands is good for collaborative, like team play. So maybe that's what they should have done. But then we had that same discussion where, frankly, Wildlands, I'd rather have three aim bots than have you help me out. No offense, but they don't miss. Neither do I. Eh, uh, I certainly do. Yeah, yeah, there you go. No, um, no, it's interesting. So, well, that well, that's an example of that. That could have been the option. Like, so maybe frontline instead of, um, instead of doing a uh, PvP, instead of being PvP focused, maybe making frontline PVE focused, player versus environment. So, make it kind of like a co-op horde mode, where your characters are dropped into a map. And you have to secure a base and then protect that base from like hordes of of uh, enemy AI that come after you and enemy vehicles. And so like you have to defend, you know, build, combine a little bit of that siege, like reinforce emplacements and and defend your location, while also bringing in some of the wildlands, like the vehicles, like the helicopters and the and the, the trucks and the cars. And do all that from a first-person view. That would have been distinct. That would have been unique. Now, the question then becomes, without a PvP mode, can it survive? You know, can would there be enough people interested in playing a cooperative shooter like that? I can't answer that. But I have a hard time thinking that just making Call of Duty Warzone but different is a better strategy. Because again... In order for it to have pulled all the players from Call of Duty to make itself successful, it would need to have better shooting, you know, better mo- better better core gameplay. So better moving, better shooting, and better it had would have to feel better than Call of Duty. That already is a hugely high bar because I'd still argue to this day Call of Duty feels better than any other shooter on the planet, with the exception of maybe Titanfall Two. Titanfall Two, it, just because I'm such a I have such a the, uh, a love for respawn and and apex is good i just don't like the battle royale mode but like even apex's arena mode just feels so good you would have to basically feel that good which i don't think a team a dev team is going to be able to do on their first go like the the reason respawn games feel as good as they do is because respawn has 15 years of making first person shooters they have 15 years of experience and organizational like knowledge that they pass on and that tuning doesn't happen in the first go round. So you've got you would have to be it would have to be a better shooter than Call of Duty, which probably isn't going to happen. And then on top of that, it would have to offer something compelling that Call of Duty doesn't have, which maybe if they had a really good anti-cheat system and it didn't have cheaters everywhere, maybe that would be enough. But again, I just my my gut reaction tells me that it doesn't it's not distinct enough to pull people over and so at that point it's like why would you make it you're going to spend 50 million dollars 100 million dollars making and marketing this game and then it's going to launch and then it's going to be dead within a week because people might try it out for a couple days 
but then they're going to go, eh, this doesn't feel any better. I'm just going to go back to playing Warzone. You, you, you have to look at the games that are successful, and each one of them has a hook that makes them work. Like Warzone, like Blackout, uh, Blackout and then more so Warzone, put PUBG in the ground because they did everything that PUBG was trying to do, but they did it better. And they had the Call of Duty name attached to it. But you look at the other really popular games in the shooter space. Look at Tarkov. Tarkov is incredibly popular, despite its flaws. And it's because Tarkov is distinct. And we're running out of time, so I don't, I don't want to go too deep into Tarkov. I also don't play it, so I, I'm not a good authority on it. But from watching videos of people playing it, Tarkov is a really interesting game where it combines, it's a, it combines kind of the, th the, the fear of Hunt Showdown, where your character, when you go into the game, if you have a kitted out weapon and you die, that weapon is gone forever. Like Each weapon is unique. And so, like, if another, if you kill another player, you can take their weapon. And then when they have to respawn, when they go into their next game, that weapon's gone. They no longer have it. They have to buy a new weapon and start over and upgrading it and all that stuff. So there's a genuine sense of, of, of threat and a, set, a sense of, I need to play carefully because I will lose something that I value. And then the game itself has a very interesting blend of, like I said, the Dark Zone kind of mechanic from Division 1, where you go into this world and there are NPCs, there are computer AI enemies roaming around, and then there are also player enemies roaming around. And so you have to fight both and then evaluate and pick your pick your battles because, you know, engaging the NPCs might be good might not be a good idea because there are players nearby and they'll hear you fighting the npcs and they'll come attack you and so tarkov is this like super brutal version of a battle royale but that brutality and that 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 that's ultra grittiness makes it makes it distinct from warzone and so tarkov has built up a big audience as a result of that and to me, that's if Ghost Recon could have been if they had gone if they'd leaned more into the PVE maybe and gone and basically tried to make Tom Clancy's Tarkov, then I could see it maybe getting a hold because Tarkov, for all of its benefit, is from what I understand a pretty rough game. It's it's made by a smaller studio. Um, it has a lot of bugs. It has a lot of technical issues. It's not the 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 flashiest and snazziest. It doesn't run the best, and it's only available on PC. So if you took that. And then made it kind of like, you know, again, look at Hunt Showdown, another game kind of similar to Tarkov in that sense. And they're distinct. And Hunt Showdown may never take down Warzone, but it also, it's it's distinct enough that it can have its own personality and so it can have its own community. And Warzone, like making a Warzone copy without being distinct, you will never get that. And that's why I think that, you know, Battle Zone or Hazard Zone will flop. I mean, Frontline who knows if they even release it at this point like the 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 fan feedback was so negative that they just flat out delayed it indefinitely while they reevaluate it and again yeah, at least they listen well i mean yeah, yeah but it's been really loud it was and but again that, but that goes back to the thing like how tone deaf do you have to be to your community who have been begging for a new splinter cell game and begging for a new proper tactical stealthy game and your answer is, we hear you, fam. Here's a Call of Duty Warzone clone. 
I, again, nice. it goes it goes back to it's 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 like the Diablo Immortal all over again. Like, don't you guys have phones? Like, it's not that there's anything wrong with a mobile Diablo game, but it's know your audience. Your BlizzCon audience is PC focused. Blizzard has always been PC first and foremost. So don't talk. Don't debut a mobile game. You know, mm-hmm. at a PC focused conference, and and then in this case, it's like. You know, Ghost Recon has always been tactical. Don't debut an arena or, or a battle royale shooter to a tactical to an audience that has been begging you for a new tactical game for for a while. Like it just it it, it it's it, it it's like know your audience. Like I don't I wouldn't go to a a four by four off road mudding uh conve- uh conference or convention or, or show and debut a tesla what they're, they're no they're not gonna no one no one four by four is in a tesla you know it's it's just it's the wrong audience and it's just it comes back to the know your audience when you're designing these products and if you don't have a clear idea as to who your audience is and what makes your product distinct from all the f- other competitors out there and the competition is fierce then you need to take your product back to the drawing board and figure it out. And I think on that note, that's a good that's a good spot to end. I think so. I mean, that was a good good rant we got into. We got almost half of our agenda. So awesome. But I mean, the state of multiplayer gaming, everything going free to play, or it seems feels like everything, at least the shooter arena, going free to play. Uh, I'm the old man yelling the clouds again, but I'm. Uh, if it means that I never get another Wildlands, that'll make me quite sad. Yeah. And uh, I was also, I mean, I'm, I'm looking through news on Wildlands, the, the Breakpoint, the Frontline, the the X Defiant, which Reddit seems to have gone quiet on that. And I uh, see an article about, remember how good Rainbow Six Vegas 2 was? Mm-hmm. And outside of the fact that Vegas 2 liked to spawn bad guys in rooms that I just cleared, incredibly frustrating... Can you imagine how awesome, instead of the the Siege, and I'm sure Siege is printing money too, I get why they did it financially, but like with where AI is nowadays, can you imagine how awesome just the terrorist hunt mode of Vegas 2 could be made today? Yeah, and that and that's where, again, that's where it goes back to the point. I think, I think there is room for a terrorist hunt player versus, and, you know, player versus AI... Again, like Frontline. Frontline as kind of a terrorist hunt slash survival slash horde mode. That could be interesting. That could be cool. That would be different. Mm -hmm. But going after it as like, here's yet another Call of Duty clone. We've already... Mm -hmm. I I thought they learned this lesson back in the Xbox 360 era when every game was trying to clone Call of Duty. Like, it didn't work then. It's not going to work now. Like, you have to be You have to be unique. You have to have your own ideas, and if you don't have them, don't waste the money on developing the game. Um, it, it's just yeah, it, it's it's nuts, and uh, yeah, that's our takeaway. I think that's a good one. But yeah, on that note, uh, we will end it there. Thank you for joining us, everybody, all three of you, as always. And we, like Kenny said, we only covered about half of our agenda, so we will be back to talk about some more stuff. I would like to talk about Apple is doing some interesting things uh, right now, so we may have a guest on to talk about Apple uh, for a full episode. And then I also want to talk about Linux because 
uh, Linus broke Linux, and it's breaking the internet. So there's a lot to talk about there. So uh, hope to be back with you guys again soon. And as always, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone.